Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. My name is Amanda, and I'm an early childhood educator in Ontario, Canada. And this podcast is a place where I talk about all things kindergarten. I pick a topic for the week, and I share my thoughts, my ideas, my learning around that topic. Last week's episode, I talked about Earth Hour, Earth Day, Earth Month, all those Earth things that are happening over the next few weeks. And this week, I kind of wanted to stay a little bit on theme with that. And I wanted to talk about spring in kindergarten. I love spring. Um, The sun is finally coming out a lot more. We're getting that warmer weather. We don't have to deal with snow pants anymore. You know, the kids are hopefully a little bit more independent than they were in the fall. And so we can get outside and do a lot more activities and exploration. Yeah, and it sometimes is raining. Well, sometimes it's been raining a lot here. But even if it is raining, you know, that still provides opportunities for learning and all those worms that start popping up. And so I wanted to do kind of like a list of different spring activities that I like to do in our kindergarten class. And for some of them, you do have to get started a little bit earlier. So I wanted to make sure that uh, I give you kind of like an overview of my favorite things to do in the in the springtime with my students. And so, yeah, let's just hop in and talk up, hop in, get it, spring bunnies. <laughs> let's hop in and talk a little bit about spring in kindergarten. Before we jump into spring, I wanted to make sure that we talk a little bit about Ramadan. I'm seeing a lot of Easter activities popping up on my Instagram feed with all the colorful plastic eggs and all the fun activities that you can do with those. But I wanted to make sure that we're also remembering that Ramadan started, I think it was the evening of March 22nd on Wednesday, if I'm remembering that date correctly, and it's lasting for 30 days and we will be celebrating Eid in April. So make sure that you're not just skipping over Ramadan and going straight to Easter, but you're also teaching about the symbols and celebrations around Ramadan as well. All right, as far as spring in kindergarten, I have to say one of my favorite, favorite things to do every year with students, and I'm so lucky that I work in a school that will pay for this, like they budget for this every year, we get to do butterflies in our classroom. And it is one of the most wonderful experiences to do with my students. We get to learn about the life cycle of a butterfly and we'll get the little caterpillars in, uh, usually I think we do this around May, maybe April, April, May. Uh, I can never remember the date where we do this, but around May, we will get our little cups with the caterpillars in them and we will get to watch them grow much bigger, turn into chrysalises and then eventually into butterflies. And we can release those butterflies into our garden at the school and the students love, love, love um, getting an opportunity to release those butterflies as well. It is such a fun celebration for us when we finally get to release those butterflies out into the world. And we are so, there's just so many learning opportunities that come with learning about butterflies or, um, you know, watching the life cycle of a butterfly. I will link um, in the show notes for you. I do a, a slide deck, a lesson with those butterflies as well. And we read tons of books and we get to do great observations with my students. So Definitely life cycle of a butterfly. I do not know where my coworker gets our caterpillars every year. I 
uh, I don't have to order them. Luckily, I work with some amazing educators and some amazing co-workers at our school where everybody kind of takes on different tasks. And every year she takes on the tasks of ordering the caterpillars for us and then giving them to us. So I don't know where exactly they come from, but I do know that Scholar's Choice has them. I will try to find a link for those as well and put that in the show notes for you if this is something that you're interested in. Again, my school paid for it. Um, they pay for it every year. It is like they, they it's part of our Ontario kindergarten program learning about life cycles. And so we never run into a problem with admin ordering those for us. The next thing that I absolutely love to do every spring in kindergarten is raising ducks or chicks from eggs. About eight years ago, I was trying to think of this before we recorded the podcast. I think it was eight years ago, I approached my principal with a massive document with trying to persuade him to buy us an incubator for our kindergarten classrooms. So we have one incubator for the four kindergarten classrooms that we have this year. And it rotates through classrooms every year. So each class gets an opportunity to um, raise the duck or chick eggs every year. And we all, all the classes go and visit that classroom with the incubator in it. It was an expensive buy. Um, It didn't, honestly, it didn't take that much convincing to get my principal to buy it for us. Uh, He could see the value in having the incubator and he knew it was going to last a long time. I think at the time we paid somewhere in the $400 range for this, but it is a very good incubator. It's big. It has one of the things that I was looking for when I was finding an incubator it has um, an automatic egg turner. It also had, it also came with all of the um, brooding things that we needed uh, to have for when the eggs hatch. So it came with the warming light and the little thing to keep the the ducks or chicks in once they hatched. So it really came with everything that we needed in order to raise the ducks or the chicks every year. And it, and it's lasted through about six years of duck and chick eggs and it's still going strong like it still works perfectly the only reason it's only been six out of eight years is because of the two years of covid that we did not raise the chicks or the ducks but yeah it works fantastic and to watch you know the egg like transform because you can candle what's called candle the eggs where you shine a light into the eggs and you can see the um, duck or the chick growing within the egg Um, To see that transformation and be able to show it to the students is absolutely amazing. And then my favorite is definitely doing the ducks just because uh, you get to put them in a mini pool and you get to watch them swim around and be little ducklings. And it's absolutely like the best thing ever, especially when we're getting towards the end of the school year. The ducks are just so flipping cute. So if you do not have access to an incubator, I'll try, I'm going to try to find the incubator that we got for our school. Um, Again, it was expensive and I'm only assuming that the cost definitely increased. But if you want to ask your admin, if you want to ask your like parent committee, there's ways to fundraise for an incubator. Um, It truly is one of the best things um, that we do every year. And like I said, we rotate through. So you don't need like an incubator for each classroom. We rotate it every year and each class, each educator team gets a chance to have the incubator um, every few years. 
and then our students just visit each of the classrooms and the duck eggs themselves or the chick eggs themselves are free we go to a local farm who gives out us who gives out like free chicks and duck eggs and we just have to return the hatched chicks and ducks once um once they're hatched before seven days is up so which is great because i don't want to keep them <laughs> so they just take them back once they are hatched so butterflies and ducks or chicks amazing to see the life cycle of those happening i've never done this myself but another one of the life cycle ones which is going to be probably on the cheaper end if you can do this is watching um frogs grow i know that my teaching partner that i have this year um she tries to find tadpoles every year so she goes to ponds and she tries to collect tadpoles and so that they can students can watch the life cycle of a frog as well I don't know exactly what you need for that. Again, I've never done that before, but if you want to do a life cycle and you don't have an incubator and you maybe don't, don't have the budget to buy butterflies, you could look into doing tadpoles as well, which is another fun springtime activity. Moving on from life cycles, uh, we also love to do some planting. Uh, we do tomato sphere every year. Um, every teaching partner that I've had has ordered tomato spheres seeds. Uh, what happens is that there's these seeds and half of the seeds get sent off into space i don't know how long they stay in space and then they come down back to earth and then you plant um a set of seeds that were in space and a set of seeds that never left earth and you have to compare which one like how each of those sets grow you don't know which one went to space and which one stayed on earth um, until after you're done your experiment and so it's just a really fun way to uh, just talk about, again, it's, I guess it is the life cycle. <laughs> I'm still on life cycle, but the life cycle of plants to uh, have a science experiment and to talk about, you know, the differences between things that went to space and didn't go to space. I don't know if it's too late to order the tomato sphere um, seeds. I think it's a free program for schools, but last year we grew a ton of tomatoes like tomato plants and we gave some away to families we still had some left over my teaching partner took some and I took some and then I gave some to my dad and it it produced a ton of tomatoes I don't remember if he had I think he had the space tomatoes and it still produced a ton of tomatoes so you can um, sign up for tomato sphere I'll have a lot of links in the show notes for this podcast but I'll try to link that tomato sphere in the show notes for you as well I'm not sure if it's a Canadian program or a Canadian and US program, but you can look into it and see if that's something that you want to do. You can just do planting in general. You don't have to do tomato sphere. I love planting different things with the students um, in the spring and then watching the different things grow, uh, life cycle of different flowers, life cycle of different vegetables, it or fruits is just a fantastic way to, you know, have those hands-on experiences with students so that they can see you know how things grow and what happens in the springtime as well one of my favorite flowers is tulips i love 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 tulips and so every spring i'm always getting bouquets of tulips and bringing those into the classroom as well and setting up provocations where students can explore the tulips and look inside and label the tulips draw them it is such an amazing provocation to do every year i've done it with tulips and daffodils and the things that students were able to see and learn uh, just by observing like the plants is amazing. I have different provocation cards and things that I will link in the show notes for you that I use with the tulips and the daffodils. And they're just such a great little, pro easy to set up provocation for students and such a great 
learning opportunity for them as well. My last big thing on this list is you know, just getting outside, whether it be, I'm not, I'm not going to say go outside in the pouring rain, but if it's drizzling, I still like to go outside and watching the worms, you can bring them inside and make a worm garden, but watching worms, you know, outside in the puddles, talking about the worms and why they're outside. Sometimes these kids ask some amazing questions about worms that I have to look up because I have no idea. I don't know anything about worms. And when it's nice outside, being able to go out doing observations of changes in the natural environment for spring. The other day we were outside and my kids were so excited because the Canada geese kept passing overhead. And so they were looking at the different shapes that the Canada geese were flying in. They noticed that sometimes it looked like a V, sometimes it looked like an L, sometimes it just looked like the number one. And talking about you know why are we seeing so many Canada geese and talking about the migration that we started to talk about well not started but we talked about in the fall when when animals were migrating south now that they're coming back we can talk circle back to that learning that we started in the fall and they can really see that everything comes like in that full circle moment where they're now coming back to um, our area as well. So just being able to get outside, seeing all the buds on the trees, seeing the starts of, you know, those green leaves coming out of the ground, all of those beautiful things that, you know, are big wonders for our students. Like it just brings out so many questions, sparks so much curiosity. And it's such a wonderful time to just be outside and reconnect with the land that, you know, was frozen a couple weeks ago and we couldn't really, you know, navigate all too well when there was so much snow on the ground. Uh, so yeah, that is my springtime like to-do list that I love to do every year with my students. It is such a fun time to be in kindergarten. Again, hopefully we have matured and grown and, you know, learned a lot of new skills since the fall. So when we can get back outside and reconnect with the land and, you know, start exploring a bit more, we have our forest area that I talk about a lot and it was just too hard to get to with all the snow that we had. So now that the snow has melted, We'll be able to go back and reconnect with our forest and we'll be able to do a cleanup in there because I'm sure there is a lot of garbage in there. So we'll be able to reconnect with the land and clean up and see all the over the winter and talk about the things that we are seeing. And I'm just really excited for that. I'm hoping um, to get some really nice weather so that it can all dry out and it can not be too muddy for us to be able to climb up there. But yeah, um, that is really my big list of things that I love to do in the springtime with my students. Um, let me know, what do you like to do in the spring? I talked about butterflies, chicks and ducks, and tadpoles. Is there anything that I'm missing? Is there a big life cycle that you do with your students? Or maybe it's not big, maybe it's small, but there's a life cycle that you do with your students that's really fun and easy. Let me know. I'd love to hear more. I Anything that provides students with experiences where it's hands-on and they get to watch changes and watch growth for themselves is just amazing to me. So I'm always looking for new ideas. So if you have anything else, please let me know. But I want to thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Creative Kindergarten Podcast. I put out new episodes usually every Tuesday. So make sure you are subscribed so on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on so that you know whenever I put out new episodes and make sure you're following me over on Instagram at Creative Kindergarten Blog 
on TPT. And if you are listening to this on the Tuesday when it comes out, there is a Teachers Pay Teachers spring sale that is happening. I almost forgot to mention it. Uh, everything in my store is, including the bundles, is 25% off with the code 4U23. You can get all of the things that you need for springtime. I have like life cycle of plants, uh, life cycle of butterflies. I have cloud units. I have all kinds of lessons that you can use for the springtime. I'll link it in the show notes for you as well so you can go find those. But anything that you're going to need from now until the end of the year, this is the perfect time to stock up on all of those things. Again, thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you all again next time. Bye. Thank you.